Hey everyone, glad you could join us. Uh, we're getting into Acts chapter 22, so hopefully you've been able to study along with us through the first 21 chapters, or maybe you just have a question about what's in Acts 22. Either way, let's go ahead and get into the scriptures. Verses 1 and 2. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer to you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect, they became even more quiet. And he said, Paul referred to them as brothers and fathers. Despite their attempt to kill him, he was still showing them the proper respect and asked them simply to listen to his defense. When they heard him speaking in their tongue, they became quieter, ready to listen. Verses 3 to 5. I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you are all today. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them, I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. Paul spoke to the crowd of being born in Tarsus but being educated in Jerusalem. He was taught by a man named Gamaliel in the law and was zealous for it, just like the rest of the Jews there. He was so zealous that he persecuted those that were from the Christian faith. He put many in prison in Jerusalem and had received permission from the high priest and the council to continue his persecution in the city of Damascus. Verses 6 through 13. But it happened that as I was on my way, approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see, because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law, and well spoken by all the Jews who lived there, came to me, and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time, I looked up at him. Paul begins to recount his testimony. And we see this live version, so to speak, in Acts 9. So earlier in the same book, he was headed to Damascus to persecute more Christians, and Jesus met him there. Jesus met a literal enemy and brought him to salvation. Others there saw light and heard something, but they did not understand Paul's example should leave all of us without excuse of my sin is too much for God to forgive. There is no such thing. It is interesting to note that Paul mentioned here that Ananias was a devout Jew, a person that studied the law. He was well spoken of by the Jewish people. Paul was intelligent on his speaking to the Jews. Verses 14 to 16. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, and to see the righteous one, 
and to hear an utterance from his mouth. For you will be a witness to him, for him to all men, of what you have seen and heard. Now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Paul again mentions God of our fathers to appeal to the crowd. This was the same God as the Jews believed in. Jesus was the promised Messiah for the Jews. Paul was to be a missionary to all peoples, Jews and Gentiles alike. Some people have had a sticky situation with verse 16 in the argument of baptism and its involvement in salvation. We believe, and the Bible shows, that baptism is not a part of salvation, but simply an outward show to the world of salvation. But some that believe that baptism is part of salvation will use this verse as their argument, as one piece of their argument. So the question becomes, where did Paul receive salvation? The Damascus Road or with Ananias? It seems to be the Damascus Road because of the following factors. You have Acts 9, 17 through 18, showing us that Paul received the Holy Spirit before he was baptized. Also, the Greek word usage for calling on his name, um, a big Greek word that I'm not going to try to say, refers to an action that is simultaneous or before the main verb. In other words, this can be translated, having called on his name. Also, if it is simultaneous, we can see that calling on Christ's name is something we do as Christians often for forgiveness of individual sins. It's part of maintaining our relationship with God and growing closer to him. Verses 17 through 21. It happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I fell into a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. While in the temple at Jerusalem, Jesus came to Paul and called him to leave Jerusalem. He warned Paul that none would listen to the truth in Jerusalem. Paul explained that those people knew who he was. He was a Christian persecutor. Surely a life change would convince someone, right? Jesus told him again to leave. Paul would be a missionary to the Gentiles. Paul obeyed and avoided death at the hand of the Jews, who were plotting to kill him. And we see this in Acts 9, 29 to 30. Verses 22 to 24. They listened to him up to this statement. And then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were crying and throwing their cloaks and tossing dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks, stating that he should be examined by scourging, so that he might find out the reason why they were shouting against him that way. The Jewish people listened up to that point. 
that Paul was commissioned by the Messiah to take the truth to the Gentiles was unheard of for the Jews. Gentiles were basically a lower, lower form of life to the Jewish people. They showed their anger by throwing off their cloaks and kicking dust into the air. They were so adamant about it that they were calling for Paul's death right there and then. When the commander saw this, he ordered Paul to be taken away and scourged or whipped so that the commander could find out what was happening. Remember, the commander did not speak Hebrew or Aramaic. This whipping was for information. Verses 25 to 27. <clears throat> but when they stretched him out with the thongs, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and told him, saying, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman. The commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, Yes. As they were readying Paul for the torture session, Paul mentioned that he was a Roman citizen. Now, Roman citizens were not allowed to be whipped without a proper trial. The centurion heard this and told his commander. The commander came and confirmed with Paul. Verses 28 and 29. The commander answered, I acquired the citizenship with a large sum of money. And Paul said, But I was actually born a citizen. Therefore those who were about to examine him immediately let go of him. And the commander also was afraid when he found out that he was a Roman, and because he had put him in chains. The commander mentioned that he had acquired the Roman citizenship with lots of money, most probably bribes. <clears throat> Paul, on the other hand, was born a citizen, which means his parents were Roman citizens. When this was cleared up and everyone understood, the people who were holding Paul let him go. And even the commander was scared because he had put Paul in chains. This whole episode can be seen as one misunderstanding after another. Yet Paul continued to push for the gospel. Verse 30. But on the next day, wishing to know for certain why he had been accused by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the council to assemble and brought Paul down and set him before them. The very next day, the Jewish council, or the Sanhedrin, was called to congregate. There, the commander brought Paul before the entire council of the Jewish leaders. The commander also remained near for protection. No Roman soldier was allowed to lose a prisoner, or it could mean their life. From here on out, Paul is seen as a prisoner throughout all his travels. <clears throat> 